Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. Today, I'm pleased to be talking with Patty Loper and Carly Rowe, early childhood specialists at the Charlevoix Emmett Intermediate School District. Patty and Carly, thank you for talking with me today. Thanks for having us. Yep. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the pyramid model for promoting social-emotional competence in infants and young children. So I'd like to start by asking if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what the pyramid model is. The pyramid model is a framework that supports children's social-emotional development. It organizes promotion, prevention, and intervention practices in order to address challenging behavior in children birth to age five. So what are the key components of the model? Um, the pyramid model is a tiered framework, so it focuses on classroom-based practices. Um, tier one involves practices that promote responsive and nurturing relationships, high-quality supportive environments. Um, practices implemented in tier one include predictable schedules, routines, positive interactions, promoting engagement, efficient transitions, clear rules, and expectations. High quality classrooms with a strong tier one practice in place are ready for children no matter their individual needs. Tier one practices are the foundation that allows us for children for more intensive supports and intervention plans to be successful. So if I were walking down the hallway past a classroom that was implementing this model, what would it look like? So in tier one, you would see visual supports for arrival routines. Okay. Um, you would see a daily schedule. You would see a daily schedule posted on the wall okay. for children and adults to know what they're looking for, what they're going to be doing through the day, okay. um, what that will look like. Often in a large group, you'll see a, a rules or expectations poster that they have discussed with the children so they know exactly what's going to happen and, and what their expected behaviors are. So that might be like, how are we going to sit? Do you okay. want to sit like a mermaid? Do you want to sit like a starfish? Do you want to sit crisscross applesauce? Mm -hmm. um, like, how do you want to sit? What okay. is that going to look like? Um, it might be we're going to turn on our listening ears. So everybody's ears, you know, here, where are our eyes? You know, our eyes are looking up here or, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. One additional part in Tier 1 that I think is really important is promoting engagement. Okay. So when we're talking about that, the highest levels of engagement include auditory, visual, and physical motor movement. And if all of those three pieces are in place, you typically have the highest level of engagement from children. And then also positive interactions. So we're talking about like a five to one ratio of positive interactions versus directives. Okay. So it's really about being children. deliberate about the classroom environment. Mm -hmm. Tier one is really just about what makes a high quality environment. Okay, what would be an children. example of a tier two uh, component? Tier two provides focused support on emotion, social emotional competence with increased use of scaffolding. Social skills are explicitly taught in tier two that help children learn to have positive interactions with peers and adults. Skills include friendship skills, solving social problems and calm down strategies. Children often engage in challenging behavior in the classroom when they don't have social skills to engage with others in appropriate ways. So tier two focuses on intentionally teaching children the social skills needed to decrease challenging behaviors. Okay, so who, who created the pyramid model and why? So the pyramid model was uh, developed by two national 
federally funded research and training centers. So those centers are um, CEPHAL, which is the Center for Social Emotional Foundations for Early Learning, mm -hmm. and um, TAXI. And TAXI is the Technical Assistance Center on Social Emotional Interventions for Young Children. We love acronyms, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. So um, the, it was developed to provide early childhood educators with guidance on research-based practices they can use to promote social-emotional competences of all children, um, to prevent social-emotional delays in children who are at risk for social-emotional and behavioral issues, issues and um, intervene effectively with few children who engage in ongoing, persistent, challenging behavior. So that brings us to Tier 3. When we good, talk good. about those children with um, really persistent um, challenging behavior it's more intense and um, we have tier three to look for practices to support those children so tier three practices are for children um, and who have those ongoing challenging behaviors mm -hmm. and they're developed by a team that includes the family the teacher a behavior support person and other adults who work with the child um, the outcome is a behavior support plan that's developed and it includes prevention strategies and replacement skills. These interventions are embedded within the child's natural settings, activities, and routines. So what kind of training or resources are needed to implement this? So there are lots of trainings out there. Um, currently, we are working as an ISD to train our um, preschool program teachers and okay. staff uh, through our Building Blocks Learning Series, and we are on year four of this, working oh, with our good. preschool programs for that. Um, we have somebody out of the University of Denver who's been coming and doing trainings with us on the pyramid model, but there are also uh, state-level trainings, so trainings provided through my MTSS, mm -hmm. which is the Michigan Multi-Tiered Systems of Support, and it's through their Technical Assistance Center. So they are also now offering those trainings okay. through my MTSS for early childhood specifically. So what kind of benefits have you seen? The number one benefit we've observed is the use of peer-mediated social skills. That was the first skill we started with four okay. years ago. So implementation levels are pretty high on that. These skills teach children how to share, uh, how to interact with an, one another in social situations. And the skills that we intentionally um, work with children on are how to get someone's attention, how to share, how to request an item or a share request, how to give a compliment, and how to be a play organizer. We've also seen an increase in the use of visual supports throughout the daily routine and routines within routines. And these visuals really help students be more independent as they navigate sure, through sure. their... So I have to ask, you mentioned peer mediation earlier, and we're talking about three to five-year-olds. So how does that work? Mm -hmm. So in our classrooms, we teach um, problem solving or when there's a conflict, mm -hmm. or we might use the term conflict resolution process. Um, each of our classrooms was provided with a problem solving solution kit, and it provides adults and children choices to use in problem solvings. Um, as children become more independent with solving their own problems and they gain confidence with it, they have um, less of an emotional reaction when sure. they 
they engage with a, a peer problem. Because they've practiced it. Right. right. It's typically when somebody takes somebody's toy or somebody wrecks somebody's block <laughs> structure, and it's a really it's a big, big moment. <laughs> but when yeah. they realize they can successfully solve their own problems, their emotions are much lower the next time it happens. So can you give me an example? How, how does that work? For, let's imagine a four-year-old mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's happening? That... Oh, <laughs> good question. So... Um, Let's say somebody just grabbed a toy out of a child's hands, mm-hmm. and that's, that be, can become physical. Never happens, of course. It can become physical, and, and so the first thing the adult will come up is, and say is, hey, acknowledge your emotions. Hey, you're feeling really frustrated, or you're mm-hmm. really upset, or you're mad. Um, we name it to tame it. We want their emotions to be a little bit. Um, if you recognize them, it helps decrease them. Okay. So then we um, ask them, what is the problem? And... Um, get them to verbalize and restate it. So, hey, he took that on my hands, I was playing with it. And so we we would restate that. And then the biggest thing I think we dwell in is how can you solve that problem? Mm -hmm. And you don't give them a solution. So you say, how might you solve that problem? And you ask the children, and you might ask it multiple times and give them some space to think. And then if they can't come up with a solution, we ask the kids around them who are watching, hey, does anybody else have an okay. idea about how to solve this problem? And typically somebody will. Okay. Um, and if then you still don't have a child's resolution, you can say, do you want my idea? Okay. And they will say yes. Typically. So really leaning into giving them voice and empowering <laughs> mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So this has to benefit students as they become adults then, right? And yes. If you're learning those skills at age three, four, five, have you had any students Older, older students come back and talk about that experience? I, not that I know of, no, but the teachers might know that. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what we do, we personally don't hear those stories, but what happens is we hear that from the kin, or preschool teacher to the kindergarten mm-hmm. teacher, okay. especially with um, some of the prevention strategies, like how to get someone's attention if the kids can sure. do that. So what, if you can do that prevention strategy, they'll get their attention and ask for the toy. Hmm. versus grabbing the toy. <laughs> Two different outcomes. Right, right. So one is uh, a calm resolution and one is elevated emotion. So um, where we hear about it is transition from grade level to grade level. Okay. But definitely the research on conflict resolution, um, something I've heard that I really like is that when we can start them independently solving small problems, we have adults who can constructively resolve bigger problems as they point. grow up. So if someone were listening to this and interested in learning more or wanted to implement the pyramid model, where would they start? So a great place to start would be, um, it's called NCPMI, and that is the National Center for Pyramid Model Innovations. Um, It's specifically for pyramid models, so specifically for early childhood. Um, There is an abundance of free information there that can be um, used, downloaded, and just for for anybody who wants it through their resource library there's also a book that we've been using called unpacking the pyramid model a practical a practical guide for preschool teachers um, that provides guidance for implementation along with helpful forms and resources so other than training there really wouldn't be a, a need for a significant amount of resources to implement this, right? You're saying they're all free or there's free um, resources out there? They are, yeah, there's tons of them. So there's a whole resource library on that NCPMI website. um, And 
Like, it just keeps going and going with how much information you can gather from there. Okay. Download and use visuals and everything. One thing I've seen in some frequently asked questions about the pyramid model that is clarifying, clarifying is that it's not a curriculum, Mm. that it can be used in any classroom with any curriculum to support behavior. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yes. Many people within the broader educational system, especially throughout SHARM ISD, are already familiar with positive behavior intervention supports, Mm -hmm. or PBIS, or as we say in RISD, PBIS plus. And um, the pyramid model is early childhood PBIS for children from birth to age five. Okay. Well, I've been talking with Patty Loper and Carly Rowe about the pyramid model. Uh, Patty and Carly, thank you for having this conversation. It's exciting to learn more about how you've incorporated this model into your work uh, with our youngest learners. So thank you again for talking with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.